Welcome to the Next Generation Podcast. You're with Wazza and Dan. How are you going? Not bad, Wazza. After nine wins in a row, it's always good to do another one of these podcasts. Yes, and what you guys don't know, we've just done the show and we lost it all, so doing it again. <laughs> Second time lucky, let's say. Yeah. Um, look, it's this is round 11. It's a Sir Doug Nichols round. It's the Indigenous round, so that's a good thing to look forward to, mate. I can't wait. I love the Guernseys, and I, I just feel that it's... Uh, little bit more online when the boys run out and play for these games. Uh, some of my favourite um, players were the Indigenous players from back when I was a kid. Um, and they are, you know, they, they're a class above some of them, you know what I mean? Some of them are, oh, I just can't speak. All my top ten are probably Indigenous players. But even the younger generation would see this, you know. You've got your Materas, you've got your Wirapundas, you know. Everyone's favourite now is Rioli and Liam Ryan, you know. Just what these people bring to the game is just amazing and some of the best talent going around in the AFL, let's be honest. And if you've had a look at the Indigenous jumper that we've got, it was designed by Kevin Brinder um, and it's basically based around... The Wedge Tail Eagle, which is, I don't know how to pronounce it, the Wajili Ta or something like that. I don't know how to say it, so forgive me for that. Um, you know, and all the boys at the club, you know, they're getting behind it. It's great. You know, it's about the rainbow serpent that guides it to the fertile land to where the eagle could lay her eggs, basically. That's the story about it. It's a great story, and let's hope, you know, we can notch up our 10th win wearing that jumper. We were hoping to get Kevin on, but he had prior commitments, so we might look at getting him on in round 16, which is NADOC week, where we wear the jumper again. Oh, that would be great, yeah. So we'll try and uh, get that, and another special guest we might have in the next couple of weeks is Daniel from the cheer squad. So he's going to tell us uh, bits and how that goes about and their connection with the club and all that. So that's something to look forward to. Oh, look, let's get into the footy. Um, we've got the medical room. We'll go into that first. Hamish, one of your favourite players, has only got a week to go, mate. Yeah, that's good. You know, one week and getting my knees perfect. And let's just see what another one of our young, talented midfielders can produce this year. Uh, Eric McKenzie, only three to four weeks away. Well... This is a bigger inclusion for East Perth than anything because with Scully going out, and if anyone's noticed, whenever they're losing these key backmen, that's when they tend to lose down at East Perth. They need Scully or they need McKenzie down there to be the rock in defence. Yeah, and Scully's only a couple of weeks away. Um, Luke Shuey could play this week, and Willie... I think he will. I, to be honest, I reckon he was ready last week, but why make a player of his calibre with a hamstring injury, travel, say for just give him one more week, make sure it's perfect, and then play him this week. Uh, Liam Ryan, my mail was correct. He is ready to go, mate. Full training, jumping, leaping around the place and not being held back at all. Rumours is he could even play for East Perth this week, but as far as I'm concerned, if the rumours he could play for East Perth this week, well, I've Very heard, low chance, but maybe he could honestly line up for the Eagles. This my mail would be straight back in. Yeah, well, why would you play him at East Perth, the impact this, got, this kid has? Like. You don't know where Simo's gone because he's flirted that a couple of players might be rested. Even though we've got the bye next week, isn't that good enough? To me, I thought that bye was for everyone. Why rest players this week? Is that not giving respect to St Kilda? Um, well... 
that could be a bit of mind games. That could be saying that there's some kids that he wants to bring in. So say Shuey's coming in, maybe Hutchings goes out, you know, maybe an Archie goes out, you know, maybe a Waterman gets rested because he's sore. And then maybe we see a quicker side, maybe Petrol comes in, maybe Shuey comes in. Well, let's talk about that. Maybe Ryan comes in, you know. Let's talk about that in the revolving door, dude. Yeah, that's (laughs) that's not me actually realistically. That's just maybe he's playing those mind games, you know, like. Masto's out for three weeks, Um. Fortunately, with the hamstring, he played within the whole game. So we'll talk about Marceau a bit later on. Uh, a couple of boys were sore from the game. Nat Nui was sore back. Sheed split his head open. He looked like Hannibal Lecter, as we saw. And Shepard cut his thumbs. So I don't know how he did that on the footy field. Anyway, let's get into our first segment. It's the final siren. So the Eagles get their uh, ninth win on the road. Well, not on the road. Ninth win in a row, but it was on the road. Uh, 11-9-75, defeated Hawthorne, nine goals, six. Um, Kennedy got three. Riola got two goals. For Hawthorne, Amira got three. Imbi got two. I didn't even notice Amira got three goals. Nah. Um, and this was just one of those games where it was actually a really important one for me to win because I always feel like Hawthorne, especially if there's our bogey side, so I was a lot more worried about playing them than, say, I was Richmond last week. So it's just another scalp. I am really glad we got this week, and um, undefeated away. Uh, and a stat people might know: this was of our last eight game, eight games at Etihad Stadium. We've now won four, so we have a fifty percent win chance at that oval. Yeah, so we played better there. Stat. Yeah, it's pretty good to win there. It wasn't a good crowd, 28,077 is the official number. Um, I'm just wondering if it was at the MCG, would we got more people? Well, I'm, the funny thing with the MCG debate is, did this actually cost the Hawks? Because Eddie Had is not their home ground. And was this a bit of an AFL mind game, not wanting the, an interstate team to play a game at the MCG? Um, and could it cost effectively backfired and cost Hawks four points because they were effectively playing from away from home as well. Like, Yeah, well, the AFL really need to look at where the games are played. Um, they're talking about changing rules and they've got this committee at the end of the year. That's something they really need to look at and start giving interstate clubs more of a go on the MCG because it's bullshit. Uh, it, it is. Basically. This this was the biggest and worst example of it of the year and a perfect example to showcase it because there was no game at the MCG. There was no reason not to play this game at the MCG to give the Eagles the exposure there. But just we just talked about the low crowd numbers and I've said it on our podcast before. It's a frustrating thing considering that's what we're sold is. That's why the game is at the MCG every grand final, because of bums and seats. But we keep getting these lacklustre numbered crowds over east. Then why to not even up the competition? Is there not more games played in Perth where we're getting 50,000 plus people playing there, um, paying to watch games there, sorry. Oh, look, I agree yeah, totally with you, ridiculous. but it's never going to happen because it's a glorified VFL. Um, let's get on to some of the players. Masto, you know, done his hamstring. Um, did a great goal there. Uh, he's got the look of 
that I wasn't trying to kick that goal, but that's crap, Chris, because we all know you're going for goals. He was going for goals. I mean, just what a reaction. What a great goal. And he couldn't believe and just everyone got around him and it was just almost a game-lifting moment. It was just beautiful to watch. And, yeah, it was a good look. Uh, yeah, but funny thing is, too, Kennedy, we just another three three goals. It's like, And it's amazing that we're talking about a play of Kennedy's calibre. But is he sneaking under the radar? Because he's kicking like just goals every week. But because he's not this the dominant forward and he's just doing his thing because his fitness levels not like it has been in the past without his preseason. Yep. But he just keeps doing his job. Like, well, he's past Lacroix now. He's the second most goals. Has he? And he's number eleven on the Coleman list. But he's doing it almost sneakily. Yep. And uh, Darling did gift him one. Darling took a great yep. contested mark where he could have gone back a goal, but he decided to quickly hand off the. And that's showing they're not worried he's kicking the goals. It's how they're kicking the goals, uh, and they're all all. rejoicing, and they look like they're having fun out there in the forward line. And that's something that I, I, I love watching. So let's uh, talk about young Willie Rioli. Um, played one of his best games for the Eagles, I reckon. And didn't you have a stat that he's been in six or seven games? He's the no in a row nine. Nine is it? He's now got the record nine wins in a row as by Rioli. So if he wins next week, he's the outright winner of that because he's drawn with Cyril Rioli. Okay. So right. he's the only one to win his first nine games. But, I mean, this is a player that isn't he just getting better and better with each game, you know? Because sometimes you give these young players game time and they burn out, they tire out. But really, Willie Rioli, he's doing the opposite. He's getting better and better and better. He's tackling his presence around the ball. And... I'll call him like a mini mini me Nick Nat, where his presence around the ball is almost intimidating. It's his bumps, it's his tackling pressure. They know he's there and they start to worry what he's going to do, you know. He, he almost has that presence around him, that X factor around him too, which is he, great to see. He was talked about for good reasons and bad reasons. He was in the mark of the week, so I don't know if he won that, so I haven't had a look. But... There was the umpire gate again. He touched him on the bum. What's going to happen? And it's good to see common sense prevailed here because he was that was harmless. But black and white, you touch him, but you get your, you get your fine. He's going to learn from that. Yep. He got a fifteen hundred dollar fine. No, it was a thousand dollar fine for the contact on Chambo, and a fifteen hundred dollar fine for conduct against Blake Hardwick, which yeah, he where he needed him in the back. His That's his second fifty meter penalty he's given yeah. away in two games, and he gave one away about three games ago. He's got to stop that part Definitely. of his game, and that that actually was a goal too. Where it happened, that fifty meter penalty cost us a goal. But other than that, you know, young kid, he'll learn. Oh yeah, um, of course, and just great playing. I just can't wait to have Ryan back and have both these players firing at the same time. Because, yes, they played a couple games together, but as I said, Rioli's gotten better and better and better. I just can't wait to have Ryan and just have these two dynamites up forward. And I think Rioli will be pushed up ground a bit more, you know, because we've already seen him in the centre and him getting centre clearances. So just... Well, an unsung hero that... Oh, you know, I've raved about heaps on this show, and I think you have too, is uh, Shepard. You know, he goes about his business. 20 disposals again. Um, I consider him the most underrated defender in the league. But, like, I think off air, you said he's starting to get noticed now. Well, 
I think our supporters are really starting to notice him and what he does. He's our wounded warrior because he keeps throwing himself at the contests again and again and again. And, you know, he, he, he struggled with a corky three games in a row and just kept getting caught the same. And um, the thing that really upsets me is all Australian selectors, they don't really look at the, the, the defensive kind of defenders. They look at the attacking defenders. But as far as I'm concerned, he's actually in all-Australian form. Players aren't getting the better of him. He's intercept marking, he's rebound out of there, and he's playing. he played on Dixon for stages against that Port game and beat him one-on-one. That's, that's the calibre of this defender we have. And talking about all-Australian form, Andrew Gaff. Now, that was, that was what a game. Um, 35 disposals, 12 marks, 7 clearances, 5 tackles, 4 inside 50s, 1 goal, 80% efficiency, and I can't even remember how many score involvements he was in, but that was, that was an awesome game, and he was clearly best on ground. Uh, we, we talk about him too much. He's, he's to me, he's the most important player in our team. But that's the thing: we don't talk about him too much. I don't think we've ever had such an underrated. I mean, in a good way that Gaff. we talk about him. Yeah, I find he's underrated. Not in the sense like we don't realize what he does, but just that he just does it so consistently, and he's just that impactful player that he doesn't get recognised as much as he should. Like He was by far best on ground. But see, he gets 30-plus disposals almost every game. But then most metres gained every game. But then on personal polls and footy polls, he won't have registered as the in the top three best players on the ground because we're just so accustomed to him putting in this great level. And as you said, All-Australian, he has to be in the All-Australian selectors. There is not a better outside runner and he has added that inside game yep. this year so I reckon he's up for his second All-Australian I really do believe that with Gaff and Eagles fans he's meeting with his manager in the bye week so don't be surprised if by round 12 whatever it is I know round 13 which it would be our next game that he will be a signed Eagles player for the next four years I, I wouldn't be surprised he's one player that said has always said he wants to be a one club player and he wants to stay at the Eagles and he, he always signs mid-year. And at the start of this year, he said the exact same thing. Yep. He said when contracts talk start, it would be mid-year. And that's, well, mid-year is now fast approaching. And um, uh, I've been very vocal on the subject that Gaff is the one we need to sign if we want to go further as a club. We really need that signature. And look, we feared this other player I'm going to talk about might be not playing next week. Um, Elliot Yo, I mean, this ground that would just been. He played and 16 contested touches out of 28 disposals. Um, he is, honestly, I think we talk about Gaff and what Gaff does for the team, but what Yo does for the team is inspirational. Like, what can you say about Yo? And I'll tell you a story, and I don't think I mentioned this last week. All right, Yo obviously came from Brisbane, a young kid. They offered him 225000 a year. His manager said, no, we want 250000 a year. They turned and said, no. That's how he became an eagle. For 25000 a year, 
he became an eagle. And I wouldn't Brisbane be kicking themselves now because we haven't just got a great player. We have a star player and we have a versatile player. He can go forward, he can go back, and he's proved that he can actually solidify himself in that midfield. Not zone in and out of that midfield, actually give 100% consistent effort in there like he's been doing this year. And here's one of the five that went. And that would be kicking themselves, Brisbane, oh. because they would not be in the position they're in now if they'd kept four of those five. And see, there's so many different types of midfielders. And if you select them down, you, you could put them in completely different breaks. But he's what I put into the strong category, where he can break tackles or he can get rid of handballs and disposals whilst being tackled. And I find they're some of the elite midfielders. Yep. So just All such right. a great attribute. Let's get on to our next subject. I mean, our next segment subject. What are we in school or something? <laughs> Revolving door. All the stats that matter at the Royals. So the boys at East Perth suffered another loss today against... Oh, not today. Bloody, I've written this on uh, the weekend. Uh, against one districts by 13 points. So, um, yeah, well, let's look at the stats that matter, mate. Partington, one goal, 33 disposals. Watto, 22 disposals, five marks, five tackles. Nelson did a good game, 17. Oscar Allen, 17. Petricelli, three goals. Now, he could come into contention this weekend. Easily can. Maybe before, like, a Liam Ryan, and deservedly so. Matt Allen followed up his work. He's having a good little stretch there. You know, he's getting over his injuries. Uh, Bayok, he's supposed to be the fastest at the club. 17 touches. Uh, Mutama, he's sort of like fallen backwards in the pecking order. England still finding his way. Vardy didn't really have many disposals, but he, you know, he, he just grounded it out. Twenty hitouts. Um, one of your favourites, Brander, man. He hasn't had a couple of good weeks. He's just no, been pretty ordinary. It's sad because that was the thing I was wrapped about him was the fact he just was consistently kicking a goal or two, you know, and. As a teenage kid and as a four, that's what you wanted. Um, so oh, look, sad. he's got a long way to go. Did you Did you watch the game? Is I he, watched bits of it. Is Is he being moved back now that there is no big full back? No. No, so he's just not having him back. From what forward. I saw, he was playing up pretty yeah. high up, a uh, half forward. Um, Rotham, he had nine disposals. I think Rotham's, this is a make or break year for him. I couldn't see him being on the list. Sorry if there's family members out there, but... You know, somebody's got to get cut. There's a few of these guys that might get cut. Uh, in the reserves, Burrows and Alango played. They both got a goal each and had about 15 disposals. Alango only had five, but he had 17 hitouts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, look, let's say Eagles rest three players this week. You'd probably give Partington a go, Petricelli and Nelson back into the squad. Well... That'd be the emergency, is it was me. I, I, I would be a bit different. Partington <clears throat> needs a game. It, this is another one where he's got over 30 disposals. He's kicked a goal, but he's got seven tackles as well, which means his defensive side of his games is there. You mentioned Nelson. Well, I would love to see Watson get a game. If you compare their numbers, Watson had twenty, just 22 disposals in the back line, where Nelson only had 17. And... I'm a big fan of Nelson, as I've said before, but I just would love just to get in one of those extra debutants in, you know? Um, oh, mate. I'm with, with you with Petra Sally, though. Kicks three goals. But let's see. Maston's already out. We only need to drop two. 
One might be Hutchins because we may not tag. Um, but then Shuey's obviously got to come in. So I would only be surprised if there's, other than Shuey, maybe two more players come in. And I'd say one has to be Partington. He's just, he's knocking the door down. Well, I reckon Petrocelli will get the nod over him. Well, two players come in with Shuey. Petrocelli kicked three goals. Party can kick the goal, 33 disposals. Uh, look, I'd love to see Partington go. Um, you know, we asked, well, the fans were begging for him to get a chance last year. He had six games in a row. And it looks like the same thing's happening here again. He's got to play six or seven and then they give him a go. I don't know. The only way you can get into the Eagles team at the moment is if you're a bona fide star like Shuey or through injury. Well, that's it. We've got Maston go down. But as I said, we, we spoke about Hutch already as being a role-playing player. I don't see an A-grade star we need to tag from St Kilda. I think we can quite easily go head-to-head with them, especially with Shuey coming in. So I think it's a perfect time for Partington to come in. See, I love Archie. You know, his hands are great, as in he just he doesn't fumble his marks. He takes his marks, you know, first grab. But has he done enough two weeks? Is it time for Partington to come in? And as I said, I just, I'm at that level where I want to see more people dead. Deb, more debutants, so that's where I'm leaning towards Watson as well. I'd love for him to get a game. I really would. Yeah, well, no one would love but more all, than me for him to get a game. Yeah, but <laughs> we're all guessing right now because let's yep. be honest, we're only talking about so many players because of a comment Adam Simpson said earlier, which is about earlier about is will players be rested because Maston's injured, Shuey's fit to come back in. That could be it. Yeah, that, I see, reckon that is it. I reckon that's it too. But see, now that he's made that comment, it's got us talking. Will there be a couple more changes? You know, will we add an extra backman like Watson? Will we get that extra midfielder in Partington? And um, yeah, it's really interesting times. And I could only honestly think of Archie, who I'm a big, big fan of, and I want to actually get games as a CSB guy. Um, and Hutchings, who I was a fan is, but he's just a role with player. And, as I said, I don't think we'd tag Saints, so maybe bring in two youths, Maston's out, so then Shuey. All right. Well, we'll find out, I think, tomorrow night, Thursday. Yep, we'll think, we'll find out who comes in and who goes out and who the emergencies are. So let's get in and talk about the game. It's bounce down. So, yeah, here we go. St. Kilda game. It's a Doug Nichols round, as we said. Um, I've got a soft spot for the Saints. You might not know this, Dan, but growing up as a kid, because I'm a lot older than you, yep. I was a Saints fan when I was a little toddler, probably because of my uncle. Uh, we only used to watch footy once a week, which was on the winners, which was on a Sunday night. Warren, the Saints fan, throws me off a little bit, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> The reason why I was a Saints fan because they were always getting played, but the problem was they were always getting smashed. <laughs> and um, but my uncle was into him, so and I I followed him because he was my idol. And it wasn't until 1982 when I went to high school. Yeah, I'm that old people that I bumped into a, one of my future best mates, and he was from Victoria, and he goes, "Oh, what are you doing going for the Saints, man? They're 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 crap, you know," <laughs> and. So my love affair with Essendon evolved and my love affair with Kevin Sheedy. Um, and they were winning all the time, so it was a logical thing to go for. 
until 1987 when the Eagles come in. I'm a West Australian, so I was logical to pick the Eagles and I haven't looked back. But what I was saying that for is the Saints back then are searching to find out where they are and they're still doing it. You know, they've played in a couple of grand finals. They've only won one in 1966 by a point. Who are the Saints? Who are they? Will the real Saints stand up? This year, everyone had them in the eight. And they're just nothing like what everyone is expecting. Pretty much the role reversal of what the Eagles are. Well, the funny thing is, anyone that watched The Nest, um, this is a team I reviewed. And I was 50-50. I said they had to make the eight or they had to go to bust, and they had to go almost back down to a rebuilding stage, which they almost have to now. There's there's not much there anymore. Um, and just on your story, lucky I was born in 86, so I was an Eagles fan for pretty much an always yeah, lucky. Feed. Very lucky. But, yeah, but that said, I've taken a shot at them. I don't know where they stand. They need to rebuild their rebuild. They really do. They need to look at their coach. They need to look at some trades like of big players that could get them picks because they're like, does Blake Akers want to come home? You know, does Cam McCarthy, if they, oh, Cam McCarthy, sorry. McCartan, if he's not going to be played, does he then get traded? He was a former number one. Is there interest out there for a power forward? Well, it's interesting you say trades because they're talking to McGovern's uh, manager today. See, that's the thing. They're looking like... And they do this a lot. Because they've got the salary cap, they're looking for a star. But I don't think a star can come in and fix this side. I think they... Yeah, they're not looking for the right players. They're to, not. To me, they're having trouble up forward. Memory, he's usually dead-eyed dick. He can't even hit the side of a barn. He's kicked eight goals this year. They've left it to Jade Gresham, which he kicked six. And our mate Parko put up a set last night on social media he's kicked 50 goals in 50 games or whatever so that's he's gone along not quite nicely but, but they've lost Rewalt and Montagna um, so they've got no one there that's standing up in their absence but it's not just that it's the way their team has been built they've got some good midfielders but they've got all, great midfielders but they're all inside midfielders they have no great outside they haven't got an outside runners, runner no. and that's destroying what's the point of winning the ball in the middle if you can't then dish that out and yep. get a runner they don't have a Tom Scully they don't have an Andrew Gaff and that's exactly what they're sorely missing and we've already touched on earlier I wouldn't play Hutchings because I don't rate their midfield enough to actually have someone to let's outright tag I'd rather have players run against them and run away from them um, and that's indicative of where they're at. And that said, I've taken a big shot at them, but these are the games that actually worry me. These are the games where, really, we look at this, this should be a win. This should be a percentage booster. And so I'm very superstitious, and I don't like going into games with that mind thought because I find that's if a team does that, that's when they can get beaten. All right, you just touched on that. They don't have an Andrew Gaff. So... I just don't understand why they're talking to McGovern's manager and they're not talking to Gaff's. I would, I would say they have spoken to Gaff. I think they actually chased Gaff last year. But a team like this, they look like they're on the slide, not the rise. Like, I think Ruse are in a better position now to target this A grader. Why would someone want to go to the Saints? 
Why would you? They haven't got a large fan base. They're, they're in debt troubles. Their facilities aren't great. And they look like they're on the slide again before they've really risen up again. Mm. So it's it's hard to attract an A grader. You said the Roos attracting an A grader. Look at the guys they attracted last year. They're probably sitting there going, oh, maybe we've made the wrong decision like Josh Kelly and stuff like that. Well, Getting I, off subject. I think that's exactly what's happening. I think their form this year warrants that players to think that way now. Yep. So they're in a better position now. If it was a year earlier, they would have got one of those stars more than likely. Well, before we wind it up, we got... Their injury list is pretty extensive. They've got Blake Akers out for six weeks. Armitage, he's a test, so he could probably come back in. He's a ball getter. Nathan Brown, he's defender, he's out for four weeks. Josh Bruce, he's out for three weeks still. Carlisle's two-week suspension. Uh, Coffield, he'll probably come in, from what I've heard. Uh, Freeman, probably the unluckiest footballer in the AFL after a few other players like Lee Walker and Morabito. That guy's never going to get a game. He's just injury-prone. Sam Gilbert's out for six weeks. Ben Long, 10 weeks. Robert, Robertson, he's out for the season. KB Stevens, an ex-Eagle, he's out for the season with concussion. What an unlucky story that is. And Max Weller, he might come in. So it's an interesting team on who will turn up for St Kilda. Well, let's just look at St. Nathan Brown, Carlisle, Gilbert, Robertson. Who's going to be playing on JK and Darling? Yeah. They, they could have a field trip, those two players. The only thing I hate when you face teams that are in like this, it can be dangerous because you can get too confident. Hopefully the players don't. They go out there and treat them with respect and try and beat and kick at their ass. That's what I was getting at. With these, these are the games that actually sometimes worry me mm. because you underestimate them and you expect a big win. All right, so the winner in margin, we both know it's going to be the Eagles. I reckon 47 points. 47? Well, I got laughed at today. I said about 60 to 80. Let's hope so. I prefer that. Good percentage booster. Under the pump. So, Dan, the last part of the show, Under the Pump, do you have one? Well, mine's a funny one. I don't actually have a big one this week, but I wanted to bring up something that happened. It was actually two weeks ago, and I believe it actually was an Eagles game. It was the goal review system, and I'm not attacking the system as such, but there were two out-of-bounds on the full, and the goal umpire didn't say it was a point. So therefore, it's out-of-bounds on the full. Now, they went to the goal review system for this, and for me, that's not what it's used for. If no. the goal umpire is saying it's not a behind, that should be the end of the case. That's it. And it happened twice in one game. So it's not really a, an insult. I just thought that's random. I didn't like that, and that's not what it's for. This is to make sure the correct decisions are made on the goal line. The umpire had already de- declared, no, I'm not saying that's a point. That should be left. And just another one uh, recently, and... I think this was the Eagles one. Now, this has to do with the goal. <laughs> and it was very bizarre. It was uh, was it Isaac Smith kicking after the siren. It was a big kick, dead set, and McGovern tapped it back in. The umpires run up to him, and the guy on by said, no, nah, touch back in. Yep. Now that he's gone, oh, you want to review it? And he's gone, no, nah, it was touch back in. It, so they can't review it then. Then the goal, the field umpire almost pressured him to say, call it a goal. 
and you can hear on the vision. So he changed his decision to not. I'm not calling anything because he felt like it never went past. Yeah. So he doesn't have to make a decision. So they called it a goal purely so they could review that. And then what happened was it was tapped back in the gun pool. I was right. I just think that they're abusing this system. They need to back the going umpires in more than what they're doing right now. Yeah, they need to get it right. And it's not just that. We only see a little bit of the vision that they look at. Apparently, the people that review the goals, uh, for umpire, whatever you want to call them, they got heaps more vision. So show it on TV. Say we don't have this situation. Um my pump is not really a pump. It's a, just a bit of a go at um, teams like St Kilda. They, you know, they're trying to go McGovern. Do they need him? Like Fremantle, um, all I'm hearing is about, oh, we need to get McGovern and he'll be our answers to the forward line. Matthew Lloyd brought up and uh, footy classified. Well, just all Eagles fans, we know he's a better backman than a forward line. His stats prove that. If I was a free person or um, in the hierarchy, I'd be going for Tom Lynch. I can't believe they're not even throwing their name in the ring for it. You know, he probably will go to Rich, uh, Richmond or Collingwood or Hawthorne. But put your name in the ring. You know, if the guy plays in the state, um, give him an, an offer he can't refuse. Freer has a history of... I call these bad name fixes, and I don't like them. I think... First of all, you hit the draft. If you're in a premiership contention, then you go for a start just to try and give you that little bit of boost to get you to that next level. But I'll go after someone cheap like a McCart who's had injury problems, who's a risk, but will come cheap and just give him a chance, you know, and just back in your young players that you've drafted. Because you go for these big names, these big players, when you're a young rebuilding team. All that's going to happen is you're paying two, three players million dollar contracts as soon as Brayshaw gets older as soon as Banfield gets older as soon as Shara gets older you can't pay them anymore they leave yep so it's not how you build a side it's and it's bad hindsight so I don't like that I don't like band name fixes and I said the same about Eagles last year and it, the same for us everyone's like oh we're lazy in the draft we're lazy in the draft and I kept saying it's like oh no the trade period I said Let's go to the draft. I want to go to the draft. Yep. And every name that was thrown up, there were Eagles supporters saying, let's get Motlop, let's get Watts. They didn't care who it was. They wanted just to get this player in like it was going to be a quick fix or a, like I call a band-aid fix. But there is nothing wrong with going for the draft. And I think this year for the Eagles is the reason we've done well. Injuries last year, we've seen all the new debutants from last year and then the new players drafted this year. Just that in you know, injection of use just makes such a difference to a side. Well, regardless whatever free I do, if they go cheap or if they go spend heaps of money, if you get a big forward, you got to change your game plan because what I saw on the weekend was disgusting. You got everyone behind the ball and when you're going forward, you had no one to go to. So regardless of who you put forward, you need to change your game plan to make that a, wi- a winning formula. Um, we're going to come to the end of the show. Um, this is the second time we've recorded it tonight. We've had a lot of glitches, probably because of the hardware. I need to update. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, just a big call out to some other podcasts, uh, the Winging It guys. They're new on the. They're doing something different. It's really good. They do theirs live. So if you want to 
be involved in that, just get on Facebook and go to their um, Facebook page. Um, you got the Go Footy Boys, and they're going to be in the studio with me and Dan next Tuesday night. Should be interesting. Get us all back together, and we can talk about the season thus far. Yeah, it's going to be a good show. So we did a bit of a podcast with them earlier on. So we're returning the favour. So tune in for that next week. So until then, uh, Dan, let's hope we come back here next Tuesday with uh, our tenth win. Yep, and uh, then the ultimate record for Rioli ten wins in a row. Only Rioli to ever win his first ten games. Well, Simo said he'd like to go undefeated in the couch on the couch. So let's hope we can go undefeated from here. I'd love to see it, but let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Um, And the keys to the bus, people on the football pages, it is a bit in jest. But if somebody has got a bus there and they want to drive it, we'll jump on board. (laughs) All right, thanks a lot, guys, and we'll see you next week. Um, Enjoy the footy, and we're the next generation podcast. Got it to Prince. Shepard to Hooker. Leads the charge. Now Nelson. Beautifully read by Shepard. 